Have you ever had one of those dreams that started out fairly normal? I mean, normal as far as how dreams go. Then things start to go weird and get kind of scary. It's like you can feel that you're heading into nightmare territory. You sense the terror that's building in the dream. And the growing fear becomes anticipated. Some people wake up at this point. Others almost welcome the fear and continue. The fear of the nightmare is not as unsettling as the stress of the confusing unknown. Nothing to interpret, nothing to figure out. You just run from the monster. You're now in a nightmare. Well, have you ever had a lucid dream? You know, one where you suddenly said to yourself, Hey, I'm dreaming, and I can do anything I want in a dream. Next thing you know, you can fly or run super fast or whatever. And if you can reach both of these points at the same time, the dream turning into a nightmare, and the awareness that it's just a dream, that's the best. You can then take control of both the dream and your fear. This is where we find ourselves now in real life, on the edge of a nightmare. Only instead of falling asleep into one, we find ourselves awakening into it. Two years ago, back in 2020, I resented anyone who used the words new normal as the system locked us down and forced their sick mandates on us. I liked the old normal, and I thought more would fight to get back there. But people were herded, they were pushed, and they were controlled with fear into complying to rules that made no sense. As the narrative began to unravel and a few good people stood up and said no, all the petty tyranny of the pandemic started to fall apart. But it was still no good. There's no way back from this. Too much is dying. The innocence and trust is dying. Trust in the government. Trust in the media. Even some trust in our fellow man. Families and friends, some of them were torn asunder. The mainstream narrative sounds sinister and hollow. Now, people have died. Some from an engineered disease, but most from an engineered cure. So much is looking engineered today. The engineered destruction of our culture, support systems, and, well, our society itself, really. There is no unringing the tolling of this sinister bell. There's no going back, only forward. And only with courage. Are you ready to hear more as dark as this all sounds? Then stay. You know, there are times when I hate sounding so dark. I dislike pointing out sinister truths. Maybe that's why I inflict on my listeners the cheesy cowboy music and the over-the-top, go-for-it, pirate adventure conclusions. Finding courage sometimes means finding a tongue-in-cheek sense of humor. And when you find yourself in a growing darkness, and you've kept your matches dry, it's always a good idea to light a fire. So once again, I've lit the fire. The fire of the enemy patrol. You have found the frequency of the enemy patrol podcast. Please stand by for new directions. Over.
All right, welcome to the Fire of the Anime Patrol, a place where folks who can't believe this is happening find themselves. I guess I should introduce myself. I am the Anomic Ranger, and I bill myself as a reality scout. I just give you information. As you move forward in this adventure called life, you are the general in your own campaign, and it's you that has to make the decisions in the end. I am just your humble reality scout. I just kind of give you the lay of the land, so to speak. You can use these reports or don't. I just tell you what I see. If you find value in it, then that is good. I have done my job. If you want to know more and you want to subscribe so you don't miss a report of the enemy patrol you can take a look at my website anomicranger.com that's anomicranger.com is my website you'll find some writing that i do there you'll find uh all the podcasts are on there um i'm going to be making some changes i want to add a section in there where i can where i don't have to write a full article i can you know maybe write a paragraph or couple sentences maybe let you know i know i've talked about this in the past but i i've been having all kinds of issues with the website i have a guy that helps me with the more technical stuff and he's been helpful but this was at a different level and it was hard to dig out and, and figure out i was having a hard time uploading anything onto my site i still don't exactly know what's going on but i think it's fixed now so hopefully we can move forward if you want to send me an email, you can do so on the contact portion of my website. Um, you have to be, you have to register in to make comments on anything. But um, if you just want to send me an email and and um, tell me what you think of me, good or bad, you can write to me at animepatrolhq at yahoo.com. That's A-N-O-M-I-E-P-A-T-R-O-L. Just like it sounds, Anime Patrol. HQ for headquarters, Anime Patrol HQ at yahoo.com. And if you like what I write or podcast, well, then give me a good rating and subscribe and comment, but most importantly, share with somebody. Share with somebody you think could use my version of, well, use my reports, use my scouting, see things the way I see things. Share with somebody like that. Anyway, uh, to anybody that uh, is not exactly sure how I do these, well, I will tell you right now, uh, this is season two, and it is episode six. And I've been breaking down all of season two into three basic ideas, three basic questions. The first one is, how did we get here? Which in season one was mostly what the enemy patrol was about was how did we get here but i decided to switch it up because things were switching up so fast as i talked about in my opening intro there that things just uh, keep moving along at a fast pace so how did we get here uh, but more importantly where are we going that is becoming the longer section of what i talk about to try and figure out, try and give you a good scouting as to where we're headed as a culture, as a society, as a people. And last but not least, 
and very important, and I've been doing more and more preaching in this part, but the last question is, first one is, how did we get here, and where are we going? And the tough one is, what am I supposed to do? What are you supposed to do in all this? So much of the time I see people shrugging their shoulders and go, well, there's nothing I can do about that. I mean, that this is on a big scale. Nothing I can do about that. Nothing I can do about that. Yeah, well, this whole thing has shown us that when the common people just say enough, I am not putting a mask on. I am not taking your shot. I am not doing this. Their whole system begins to fall apart. So what you are supposed to do may be more important than all the rest of it. Although the information of how did we get here and where are we going is very important so that you can have the wherewithal to decide what you're going to do. Anyway, um, I think that's about all I've got for housekeeping and intros and all that stuff. So let's just get right into it. Let's start talking a little bit and it will be fairly short today about how did we get here? There are so many pathways that we have tread down in order to get here where we're at. And like I said before, that was the bulk of my shows in season one. So if you want to go back and listen to some of those, I mean, let's face it, the first ones I did weren't that good. Well, maybe you might think these ones now aren't very good, but the earlier ones were worse. I was more nervous and I don't know, didn't, couldn't maybe break things down the way I wanted to. But anyway, everybody's always their worst critic of, of the earlier shows. Uh, when it comes to podcasting. But um, <clears throat> my goal was to show people where the unease of the modern society was coming from. That was my main focus because this, I started all this stuff and started making notes and started practicing and started doing this stuff before COVID come along. COVID wasn't even thought of. Now, I think the first shows I produce or the first shows I put out were right around when COVID popped out. And... Um, but a lot of the shows that I did were actually recorded before COVID actually started. So I recorded a bunch of shows before I put them out. Call me nervous. But anyway, um, I wanted to show this this feeling because I was seeing it in so many people. They could Everybody could feel it coming. They could feel it moving in. And it was like an unknown thing. And it took me a long time to find the, the word enemy to describe it. Enemy is, is a descriptor of the social instability that results from a breakdown of a societal standards and values. And that was happening. And that's been happening for a while. It's also a descriptor of their personal feelings of un unrest and alienation and uncertainty. And that was certainly prevalent. So when I hit on this word enemy, I kind of latched onto it. And this show is the result. But you know, <clears throat> there, there is, there is many things that have brought us here, and I've done shows on things like trusting experts, or I've talked about laziness, just up, just out and out laziness, just 
people were pleasure seeking and and they they almost worshipped ignorance like ignorance was bliss well that's all just conspiracy theory and all i know is i gotta go do my job and and they worship money and they worship their jobs and they you know but let's take a look at one i maybe i've never talked about or haven't talked about as as much and this is a combination of being judged by others and the urge to follow the crowd now i know i've touched on this in the past but this is something that is very powerful in our society that never used to be there. You know, within each uh, each of us now is the urge to do what everybody else is doing. You don't want to stick out. You don't want to look odd. And even the best of us wants to avoid being judged by other people. I mean, you really don't want to get yourself into that place. That's That's kind of where everybody's coming from. But you know, there was a time, and I talked about this, I forget which episode it was, I was talking about the greatest generation and I knew a lot of them, and they were all characters. They, they all, they, they, the idea of being judged by others was if you did your job and you worked hard and you, you know, you looked after your family and you did all that, it's like any other idiosyncrasies were just, that was you, man. And you just, you just lived that way. People were more individualists in the past. There was a time when people, Really like that. They, they wanted to be seen as an individual. But our society has now psychologically groomed us to follow, not to stick out, to go with the status quo. Oh, don't, don't, don't do anything different than everybody else is doing. Oh my goodness, no. You know, you even look at the, the hippie movement. Excuse me. You look at the hippie movement. They thought they were all being individuals because they dressed and grew the you know grew their hair out and but really when you looked at the hippies they were all they were all pretty much the same same ideas same clothes roughly same concepts they weren't as individualistic as they thought they were they were just doing things to freak the older folks out I think it was the schools that did this to us, and I've talked about this in the past as well, the state schools, the government schools. You know, there was a time when intelligent, inquisitive, and even quirky young people were encouraged to pursue their natural tendencies if it was toward, you know, writing or dance or engineering or mathematics, or it was like you, you were encouraged to pursue what made you different. I mean, there was always, in <clears throat> in society, there was always those unimaginative, I'll call them Karens, those people who just resented everybody that was marching to the beat of their own drummer and wanted everybody to conform and be all the same. But it wasn't as hard to dismiss those boring and angry people. Now it's very difficult. These people are running everything. The Karens have been weaponized and given authority. Uh, anybody that screams and hollers and and tries to make people to conform to a one-set system, well, those are the people that are given the power and they're given the voice. And I know this next part is going to make me unpopular when I say it, but it was when women were given power that things kind of went off the rails. 
I mean, let's face it, the whole thing, and, and I remember the early days of the, uh, not the early, early days of the, of the women marching for the vote. I'm talking about probably what, second wave or even third wave feminism. Uh, they were going to change the world. I mean, that was the whole thing. Empowered women were going to change the world because that enough time had been given to the men and the men made wars and the men did this and the men did that. And by golly, when the women ran things, it was going to be different. Yeah, well, it's different, all right. If you want to know what a world looks like that's mostly run by women, you're looking at it. Now you look over in Europe, you look at, look at who's in the government and who runs everything over there. You know, and all these shenanigans that are going on with, you know, Putin and everything and how Europe is turning out. That's a world run by women. That's what it looks like. You know, I, I, I'll tell you a story. I'm, I mean, I obviously didn't have things figured out back when I was in third grade or whatever, but I, you know, I'm a product of the state school system that's mostly run by women and has been since the 70s, pretty much. I went to a very progressive school in second and third grade. It was it was going to be the, oh, it was going to be the end all and be all. They had all kinds of weird ideas about making kids do creative dance and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, this was back when you still had to do actual reports about things. And I remember in third grade, I chose to do a report on alligators and crocodiles, if I remember right. And I had to talk about the differences and, and this was all done. You had to write it all out. You didn't do anything. On it. There was no computers to do anything on. And you didn't use a typewriter. You wrote it in your own handwriting and you did a rough copy and then you did a good copy and it had to be done in cursive. You didn't print it. And it was all about headings and making sure that you got things right. And of course you had to make it nice in the end. They wanted you to do a cover page, like a, a title page with a picture on it. And you had to draw yourself. Very artistic school. Anyway, I was always pretty good at drawing. and So I think I actually traced the alligator cause I couldn't draw a good alligator, but I, and I got this alligator and it was underwater. It was swimming and I had, you know, water. I'd seen, I'd read many comic books and whenever they showed underwater, there was always weeds and there was usually a tire and maybe a bottle or a can or something on the bottom. And then I had this alligator and then there was fish. I drew fish around and it had just eaten a fish. I, I was proud of it. I, I thought that was a dang good cover for my report about, crocodiles and alligators anyway the teacher called me over and she said uh, you did a good job on on um, on your cover but there's some things about it i don't like and i and i really i, I said what well well you've got all garbage in the water and i i just looked at her and i mean i it was a product i mean i hadn't dove down in any water or anything but it was like I'd read lots of comic books and I knew that people threw bottles in water and threw tires and everything else in and so that's basically what I said I said well it's just you know it's underwater and it's you know I've seen pictures of pollution and 
So she kind of let that one go, but the, the part that she didn't like was that the alligator had blood coming out of his mouth. Not not a lot. I mean, he just eaten a fish. There was part of a fish floating away too. And she said, "Why why did you have to have blood in there?" And I was like, "Well, he just ate a fish." And she was like, "Well, I, I don't like this. This this to me is violent." I couldn't quite figure out why an alligator eating a fish was violent but it bothered her. Now I look back on that and I go, I know what it was. It was a little boy that thought alligators with big teeth that chewed on fish and chewed them up and swallowed them and probably left pieces of meat and guts and blood and everything in the water. It was pretty cool to a little boy. But to a young woman at a university, this was showing, obviously, um, male characteristic uh, violence very early he never said that but I look back on it now and that's where I think it come from so this has been with us for a long time now don't, please don't make the mistake that I'm saying that women can't be teachers or that they can't take a you know a role in the formative part of our society and you know helping with children and, and that's not what I'm saying I'm saying the direction that society is taking I'm saying like through things like think tanks and universities and, and reports and all, all this stuff. It's, it, it's been feminized. So the view of the, you know, our societal direction. And I say this thinking about this concept of toxic masculinity. You know, the, these lies that have come through. Like masculinity is always toxic. The world needs to be more feminine. Well, now the world is getting rid of the feminine. They're, they're, they're deep-sixing feminine. Feminine is going to disappear. The equity for women was won by the engineered destruction of masculinity. That's how they did it. In other words, women were not brought higher. Feminism just kept crippling masculinity to lower itself. This was a, I think it was a multi-pronged approach, and it was definitely the work of very dark spirits to pollute the masculine and, and in the end, pollute the feminine, really. The destruction of men, the destruction of women, the destruction of masculinity, the destruction of femininity, the destruction of the family, the destruction of religion, the destruction of art, medicine, government, faith, courage, history, even the language itself is under fire changing words and changing meanings of words. We're under a barrage of shells coming in to keeps destroying what was not perfect, but it worked. The human minions of darkness all think that they're bringing about their own version of utopia. And then they learn to hate. If we can just get rid of these people, if we can just get rid of those people, if we can just get rid of this idea and that idea and this word and another word. They think that they're righting wrongs and they're making stuff better. But they're not. They just keep contributing to the enemy that's just soaking through everything and everybody. Everyone has become on the edge now waiting for the end. This can't last. 
the rubber band is stretched, the balloon is blown and blown and blown, it's going to pop. And as we will begin to look at, as we get to more of the preaching part of what I do, the ancient prophecies are all coming true. I mean, never mind the ancient prophecies, even the tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorists have become today's futurists. I mean, you look at all the things that was said just in the last couple of years about, you know, oh, that the the, the, the flu come out of a laboratory in Wuhan. Oh, you were a horrible person. The fact checkers all jumped on you with big boots and tromped you down. It's like, you're an idiot. Well, where does that sit today? It's funny how nobody goes back and looks at the, what the kooks were saying at the beginning of 2020. And maybe offers an apology and says, you know what, geez. You know, hang their head and scuff their toe, might, and say, geez, I was wrong. Nobody does that. So, we are on a trajectory to somewhere. Somewhere. All this stuff has all been engineered. It's all pointing. So, where are we going? So at this point, let's leave this subject that we've been talking about and take our mental camera up a thousand feet or higher. Just a minute. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take the camera up a few more thousand feet and and take a look at something bigger. Let's take a look at the outcomes of all this social engineering is in exactly where are these demon people? What are they up to? These demon people. They have a plan, obviously, and this plan's been in place for a long time. And those that study it and look at it and, and, you know, you go back to the Club of Rome and you go back here and you go back, you can go back a long ways. These creatures want the destruction of Western civilization. Make no bones about it. That's what they want. That's build back better. That means it has to be torn down to be rebuilt. Western civilization is built on foundations, the foundations that it's built on is truth and law and family and community, etc. It's been being worked on for a long time. It's hard won. Blood has been spilled. It's not perfect. I'm not saying it's perfect. Never was, never will be. But Western values have promoted innovation and wealth creation beyond any other civilization i mean even the poorest among us live a good life now your 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 abode is heated and cooled and there's been food up till now there's been food there and energy and you know all the stuff that you needed there were there was you had resources but those traits have left it vulnerable to corruption and greed all this innovation and and promotion and pushing is is left as vulnerable because what they did is they destroyed the moral and and spiritual side that's what was taken down first oh that god stuff and oh families can be anything and oh who needs mothers and fathers that's you're just a bigot if you believe that but the very first place the enemy attacked was the belief in a higher order a belief in god 
once the vision of that was gone, then it's just been a long, slow chipping away things that bring about that. If there's a higher ruler, if there's a God, then, then there are laws. There are something higher than people. So we have the rule of law. The sanctity of the family, how important that is, mother, father, children. It's the bedrock of civilization. You take that away and it just everything starts to fall apart. And then the final destruction is where we're at right now, is the destruction of truth and reality itself. I mean, there's a war now on reality. You can see it. Anybody with their head screwed on even half straight. And you look at these, these things that are up there promoting what they say should be in their... They, they deny, you know, a man is not a woman and a woman's not a man and there is no such thing as men or women. And eh, Good Lord. It, 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 it's, it's lunacy. It's, it's madness. So now we're headed toward a civil war. At least that's what it looks like they really want. And I'm saying the powers that be because they are doing everything. They are attacking families. They are attacking people that don't deserve to be attacked. They are, they're, oh, you just look at some of the stuff that's been put out. And it's like, oh, yeah, these, they're demonizing half of the country. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's in Europe or Canada or the U.S. It's all the same thing. Demonizing people that basically believe in the truth. We're headed towards civil war. And ultimately, a world war. That's how we're headed. That's the direction. Why? Well, I think we quit monitoring all these experts that were leading us. We left thinking and governance and politics up to our betters. The common people worried about their jobs, sports, ball, movies, games, holidays. We got our view of the world from the nightly news and magazines and the Sunday paper and the internet. When the ruling class told us to be angry at another country, we were, because that's what you were supposed to do. When the ruling class told us to be afraid, we trembled. When we were told to wave the flag and be proud, we did. Nobody, or at least very few people, noticed the slow takeover of the media and the government. I mean, there were some on both the left and the right have been sounding the alarm for a while. And there were some that noticed when they began to work together. I'm talking about the government and the media. But most people wouldn't listen. Any conversation that didn't fit what you saw on the nightly news was labeled a conspiracy theory. And it was... Oh, you conspiracy theorist, you tinfoil hat wearing idiot. But now we find ourselves with a dawning realization that our rich, mighty, and innovative society has been used as a as a battering ram to bully the rest of the world. Never mind the destruction that we've wreaked upon ourselves. What about what we've done around the world? Now, I'm talking more about the U.S. here than Canada, but I'm sure we have our dirty deals in there too. But the U.S. has system has been, they run around, we're promoting democracy. 
No, actually what you're doing is stealing. I know it's hard to swallow, but it's true. And it's been true for a couple generations now. I don't know what happened to those, those you know, baby boomer leftists, anti-war, anti-big corporation. It seems like now the, the, the same baby boomers are, they want a war and they stand behind the corporations now. I don't know when that switched, but it switched. And I'm not talking about the common people here either. Not most of them anyway. The common people have been working and innovating and, and doing a great job. But somehow our ruling class, our predator class, those at the top, they've been stealing and extorting around the globe. And now all of a sudden they don't want borders. And it's not like they're doing it for the good old U.S. of A. And it's not like they're promoting something in their own country and they're going to bring all the treasure back and say, oh, look what we did, look what we looted. No, they're in their own class now. They're linking up arms with all the predator classes of all the other countries and saying, let's make war against the commoners. Let's make war around these little people. Let's maybe get rid of some of them. So we're at the beginning of World War III, which will be as different as World War was one from other wars and also different from World War I from World War II. World War III is becoming a war waged between all the free people of the world and all the various predator classes, the people who run the system. So they're blurring the borders, they're blurring the classes, they're blurring the sexes, they're blurring the ages, they're blurring education, they're blurring the language. They want us to be out of focus on everything. They don't want us to be certain about nothing. This is where the war is. This thing alone, this last thing that we went through, tells us that we're under attack. <clears throat> that the war is between the, the ruling predator class and, and the underclass. The cloud people versus the dirt people, if you will. Our overlords, they want us all the same, a compliant mass of non-player characters ready to be written out of the code. And so far they've been winning. But their fear and hatred of us kind of gives them away. Never forget how much they fear and hate you. That is showing up more and more, especially the hatred. I mean, you look at the treatment of the January 6th prisoners. I mean... America, land of the free, home of the brave. You have political prisoners in your jails. You have political prisoners in your jails. America. And, and old Trudeau in Canada, I mean, he ran from the truckers crying. And then come back and I'm going to take away your bank account. And look at the snarling opposition to Brexit in the UK. And now we have the kulaking of the farmers in the Netherlands. Oh, yeah, no, you can't, you can't farm the way you've farmed for the last how many years? No, I'm, I'm not against changing farming tactics, but you've got to do it slowly over time. 
You don't just come in and say, oh, yeah, you got to drop your herd by 30%. Yeah, well, you may as well just say, well, you got to nip off and shoot yourself in the head because you won't be a farmer when we're done with you. These are all fronts in World War III. And the common people can't believe this is happening. They can't accept that this is the war. I mean, we're still lost in flags and uniforms and borders and left-right politics. Meanwhile, they're killing us. I mean, that whole COVID shot thing, I mean, it's a kill shot. Uh, Not to everybody. I mean, some people say, oh, everybody's going to be dead. I, I don't think so. I think people are tougher than that. But it's definitely a kill shot to a lot of people. And it's slow acting and it's inexorable. It, it doesn't quit. It just keeps ruining your, your normal immune system. They want to depopulate the earth. And you might say, oh, come on. That's, that's uh, it's pretty big conspiracy theory there. Your tinfoil's wrapped too tight around your head. No, no, they've said it. They admit it. If you're just willing to listen to what they say, if you're willing to read their writings, that's what they want. They want less people. I mean, you look at the statement that old Hillary made, you know, about, about uh, deplorables. And then, and then you look at in Canada, it's like, oh, these, these horrible people that hold unacceptable views. So it doesn't matter whether you're talking about Hillary Clinton or you're talking about Trudeau. They have the same, they're singing off the same song sheet. The predator people at the top are all the same. They're saying the same things. They've went to the same classes. They believe in the same things. And those things want you dead or very controlled. Get in your pod, eat your bugs and shut up. You're not going to own anything, nothing, and you will be happy. And if you're not happy, they don't say this part out loud. They may as well. We'll kill you. The more dangerous you are to them, the stronger their passion is to bury you as a common person. In the World Economic Forum form utopia, you're a useless eater. Get this through your head. In their mind, you are consuming their energy. You're eating their food and you're fouling their planet. Are you convinced? Look at Bill Gates. I mean, who died and made him a leader? Or a doctor? Or a savior? At best, he's some dude that wrote code and got rich. But somehow he gets airtime and societal laurels and, and people say, oh, what does Bill Gates say? I mean, at least Biden and Trudeau supposedly got votes. We're not sure how they got the votes, but they got votes. But Bill Gates? Klaus Schwab? What, just to be rich? Just rich. And then you can kill people. It's all a show. And now that this system has raped half the world and its own people, and it's pissed off other parts of the world, like Russia and China and lots of Eastern Europe, India, Africa, some South American countries, 
they've decided they're looking around and they're saying, you know what, this digital system that they're setting up, this money digital system, no. They're saying no. So the world's headed to war. They're getting pushed back from all over. People are waking up, even just the common people, never mind the Indian government or Putin or just people in general are waking up. So keep shaking your head and waking up. But to me, pay attention now. This is the scary part. problem is is that when people are in power and they realize they are losing that power to masses of people they get the vision that a lot of people get for guys like bill gates you know a rope and a lamp post is somehow in their future so distracting us anything is up for grabs nukes germs open war rounding up civilians deals with satan anything anything to distract from that vision i think these people are at that point right now i think they're trying to provoke a civil war in the united states i think they really 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 want people i i think they were horribly disappointed on january 6th that because they did everything they opened the doors they tried to rile people up they even shot an unarmed woman to try and get people worked up i mean they were doing everything they could to try and turn that into a bloody something they could call the bloody insurrection now they just look like idiots because besides a few antifa idiots breaking windows there was no violence Ah, they tried to promote stories of this cop got beaten to death with a fire extinguisher, but it wasn't true. It's all lies. For the most part, people went in and took selfies. Yeah, they stole shit, and they took pictures in Pelosi's office, and they thought it was funny. Uh, a lot of them don't think it's funny now, and that's been played up. And I think that pretty much is the same all over the world. It was the same with the whole trucker thing. I think they tried to get the truckers worked up. I think they wanted some violence. They were looking for guns. They were hoping that people would, you know, get violent. And it didn't happen. It was a party. Now, eventually the police got violent. You know, the RCMP guys on their horses, the musical ride, riding over old ladies on scooters. All the violence was from the government. But anyway, these people, as they get more desperate, it's it, it's worrisome. I think these people are are worried. And I think they're worried about any upcoming elections and the galvanization of the people in the world and, the, you know, the... They want the beacon of liberty to go up in flames. They want the USA to disappear in explosions and violence and death. I mean, we really don't know what's going to happen. This is World War III. We've never been here before. 
I mean, we already have casualties. We have troop movements. We have losses. We have grief and despair and anger. And most people aren't even aware that we're at war. The politics are all over the map. Nothing makes sense. Talk about feelings of enemy. Our world is now made of it. There's no way one person can fix all this. Everybody can put their hope in Trump or DeSantis or... Now there's this new guy in Canada, Polyev, supposed to make a big difference. But I don't think there's a way one person can fix this. Although some will try. And it's good to stay informed. But in the end, the question is, what am I supposed to do? I think this is a tough question because it all looks so big and it's all so confusing and it's so easy for people to shrug their shoulders and just move along. But if anything, the last two years has shown us that what individuals do is important. Not that you need to get out and run for office, not unless you feel like you should do that. That'd be fine if you did. Not that you got to start an insurrection or... You have to do something that's really above and beyond. But I think it comes down to each individual, what their attitude is. And I think what it comes down to is being resilient. Resilience. How resilient are you? How welded are you to the system? This is not a moral thing. This is not like, oh, you're in the world and you're sinful. No, 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 resist that urge. It's not about morality. And it's, it's not a left or a right thing. We got to get out of this. Like, I know leftists, some of them are idiots. So are some people on the right are idiots. But it's not a left or a right thing. It's not like if you go left or right, you're going to go in the right way necessarily or in the proper way. You got to resist that urge too. It is simply being honest about reality. Which is why it's a good thing I'm here talking, because I am your reality scout. But that's the question, isn't it? How independent are you? How long can you live outside the system? I'm talking about everything. Money, food, water, transportation, um, friends, uh, family, um, everything. Everything. How long can you live outside of the system? If the answer is, well, gee, I, you know, I have a good network of people and I know some of them are gardeners and, and I've, I've put some, a little bit of food away, (coughs) excuse me. And I'm, you know, I'm working on this and I'm working on that and I'm getting smarter and I'm getting stronger and I'm watching what I eat and, and, you know, I, I think I can, I, you know, I could always do better. You can always do better. You can never be completely 100% outside the system. I mean, the closest you could come to it is say like the Amish or something that have been doing it for generations. They grow all their own food. They do all their own medicine. They do everything. We're not there yet. I'm not there yet. Not many people are there. 
And then there is the question of independence from the system when how independent can you stay from your screens, your computer, your phone, your television? Can you last outside of social media? Can you mentally prepare yourself to not knowing how many upvotes you get or likes or I'm, I, I don't go with social media very much, but even I find myself looking at screens to see what the direction people are going and wondering about it. But some people, like, they can't hardly survive without it. How long can you last outside of social media? Or will you get withdrawals without an hourly consultation on your smartphone to check if you're still relevant with the world? Am I still relevant? Is anybody paying attention to me at all? Do I have anybody following me? And I know that's pretty rich coming from a guy who has a, you know, a, a podcast and a and a, a blog and a website. And believe you me, though, I don't. I hardly pay attention to it. I just, as long as this message gets out, and I pray that if there's one person out there that can hear what I'm saying, and it will make their life better, and will find the right path will find one of those old paths, then my, that's all I ask for. One person. And I'm good. It's all been worth it. You know, basically where we find ourselves is a place that the world never thought it was going to find itself. When the world was more materialistic in its thinking. When the world was a thing, oh, all that, spiritual stuff it's all just nonsense the only thing is is what you can thump that's all there is in the world yeah turns out that's not the way turns out your attitude and 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 how much you move around and and how much you think about things which leads me to this point i always say in this point, what am I supposed to do? Is get up off the couch. Come on, get outside, get the stink blowed off you. Go find something. You're not going to learn nothing sitting there looking at that screen. If this keeps up, we're going to have a country full of people with wide, soft asses and even softer heads. That's where we find ourselves. But the most important thing like what I was talking about before, is where do you stand in a spiritual sense? If you think that sounds like nonsense, then you are at this point confused. Because we find ourselves in here in the battle of World War III is probably going to be the greatest battle between good and evil that has been for a long time. And you might not even be aware of all the terms. It's time to get educated. It's time to open your eyes. I mean, Christians like myself, when I was younger, I always got a hard time. Told how out of touch with reality I was. Now any Christian that has their eyes open can see the beast system is bearing down on us. All that th stuff that I heard when I was a kid about the mark of the beast and this and that and something. Hey, it's right there. It is right there. It's, you can reach out and touch it at this point. I think we've reached a point in our society that C.S. Lewis voiced 
through his fictional demons in, in uh, the screw tape letters. We are now in the generation of the materialistic magician. It's somebody who doesn't believe anything to do with on the good side, Christianity, church, none of that stuff. But they believe in powers and, and but everything else is just materialism. If it's on one side, it's, oh, never mind that nonsense. Just what you can thump. But on the other side, they start talking about the universe and they start talking about the, all the woo-woo power stuff. Suddenly they become a magician. Believe in magic. As if that stuff wasn't all there before. You know, those people who snort in derision at every detail of biblical prophecy, even though now it's being fulfilled. But there are people on this world now who are willing to starve or freeze a million people to death so Mama Gaia can endure a half a degree in higher temperatures. Or at least that's the story they're telling people and people are sucking it up. And they don't think it's spiritual? You don't think that worship of the earth and worship of the environment is not worship? When they're willing to kill? So that we don't go up half a degree? I mean, wow. That is some kind of faith. These people are willing to nod along with anyone in a lab coat. That is now the spiritual, you know, you always see pictures of you know, these ancient priests and they're in long robes and funny hats. And it doesn't matter how outrageous their claims are. But they scream out spittle and when they're confronted with any kind of spiritual truth, but they'll just go right along with anybody in a lab coat. Scientism has become the unholy religion. And there are advents out there to this religion ready to burn people on its altar. They don't care how many Germans are going to freeze to death this winter. Just make sure you don't burn any coal. The old gods are being raised up again. Not many people can see this. But these Luciferian beliefs that people had back in biblical times, they're all being trotted out again. Those that follow the truth are getting targets painted on their backs. Yet somehow the churchians, for the most part, remain willingly ignorant of it all. They believe in the world system that was always there. It's, it's uh, conservative in nature and, you know, I mean, yeah, they're pro-family and they're pro-this and they're pro-that, but oh, by golly, they're not going to speak out and, and go against the government. They might lose their tax-exempt status. They want to remain part of the system. And they don't realize that in the Bible, God said, come out of her. Come out of the system. I mean, they have organizations to run. They have sites to maintain. They have big churches that bring in big money. And they don't want to upset the boat. You know, Jesus declared that if he was lifted up, he would draw all men unto him. 
The prophet Isaiah declared that when the enemy came in like a flood, the Holy Spirit would raise a standard against them. Do you know what it means to raise a standard? Everybody's seen them, these uh, back in the in the days when people fought with swords and spears and arrows. They, you know, they got all the different flags and they had these things on poles that they would hold. It wasn't just for pomp and ceremony. A standard was had the emblem of whoever you were on it. And if you could rouse men to you, if you could get men coming to you, and battle's always confusing, you know, there's 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 arrows and death and blood and shit and fog and everything else around, but if you heard a trumpet, you would look around, and if you saw a standard being raised, it would mean that those people were making a stand. Standard, stand. So if you could get there, you would find other men who were thinking like you and were ready to do battle at the end and maybe even turn the tide. If you could get the flag up or the standard up and you could make a charge, you could turn battles. That's what raising a standard means. Right now, we need that. Because the light is dimming. It's getting darker out there. There's a lot of adventures ahead yet. There's a lot of things that's going to happen. You got to get your head and your heart into the reality. There's no reason to despair at this point. Everyone dies in the end. Are you ready to start living? Are you really ready to stand up and say no? The next time are you ready to say this is the reality are you ready to pick your battles are you ready to move out of the way when it's not the right battle but when it's time to do battle you do the battle you're ready for that well if you are then the adventure is yours and you got to keep an edge on your knife. And you got to keep your matches dry. Because this life that you have is a one-time adventure. And you got to learn to live it that way. So, get out there and do it. Vaya con Dios, eh? <laughs>